Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. A surprise change just before NBA training camp. What do the Rams need to do to beat the Bucks? Plus, has Andy Dalton played his last snap in Chicago? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. In a surprising move Wednesday, the Minnesota Timberwolves moved on from President of Basketball Operations Gerson Rosas. And the the reasons, at least early on, were not readily available to us. Joining us now from Locked On T Wolves is Ben Beacon. And Ben, uh, what 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 happened here? Because it seemed like this was this was pretty abrupt, pretty sudden. It was. This wasn't on anybody's radar from like a, a real rumor perspective. I think there was there was some uh, rumblings that maybe there was some unhappiness in the organization, but there there was nothing to suggest that twelve days before the preseason opener you know, a, a move like this was going to happen. So yeah, it was completely out of left field. There, There is some reporting about causes, about justifications for all of this, but let's be clear, what we know at this point, as you and I are recording this, is just what has been reported so far. So what what can you tell us about, about that? Yeah, the team has been really broad, just kind of issuing a, a general statement. But uh, the Athletic, John Krasinski and Sham Shrani have reported that it's performance based. It's a, it's a toxic workplace type situation. There were people in the organization that felt like they were overworked, that felt like they were underappreciated. Kind of some of the some of the stuff you tend to hear after after guys that lead organizations are are let go. Um, but there's some more detail in there related to uh, there was a longtime scout that was fired kind of unceremoniously over the past year. There was the handling of the Ryan Saunders firing, taking him with them on a road trip to New York and then firing him after a game, the way that he was treated during that process. Um, the hiring of Chris Finch, there was, of course, the NBA players, uh, the, excuse me, the Coaches Association had issue with the way that the Wolves hired Chris Finch without an official coaching search. They didn't interview minor- minority candidates at the time after the Saunders uh, firing back in, in February of this year. Uh, so some of those things kind of built up. Um, and of course, there's the ownership change. Uh, Glenn Taylor is still the the majority owner in Minnesota, but Mark Laurie, the billionaire, uh, the tech billionaire, and Alex Rodriguez, the former MLB superstar, uh, they now own 20% of the team, and they've talked a lot about transparency and trust and honesty. And um, there's there's some details in this whole thing that um, it, it's been reported now by WCCO, uh, the CBS affiliate in the Twin Cities, and the Athletic that there were some. Um, uh, an inappropriate personal relationship with somebody in the office and that that wasn't the reason for the fire and that's going to grab the headlines. But apparently this has been building and the timing, this is, this is mostly what impacts the timing is that this came to light in the recent days and weeks, according to the athletic and the timing of this relationship uh, becoming known to ownership made them accelerate uh, the process of, of letting him go. Right. I mean, training camp starts Monday. Um, so that's, that yeah. apparently was the straw that, that broke the camel's back. Well, and, and he's only been on the job for, for two years mm-hmm. and he will be since Kevin McHale, since 2009, whoever is next will be the fifth person in charge of personnel for the Timberwolves. You want to talk about upheaval? I mean, they've had nothing but upheaval over the last decade. So where do they go from here? It's a great question. Uh, and, and I mean, to the abruptness of the move, I don't think there was any expectation that, that like, you know, 24 hours ago, nobody thought that 
we'd be sitting here having this conversation. And now you, I mean, you have the head coach has only been on the job since March. He hasn't even had a training camp. He's barely had a practice with the team because he started late in a condensed season. Um, so right now, Sasha Gupta, who was his, was Rosas's number two. And by the way, that was part of this. There was, uh, this summer, apparently this is again, according to the athletic, um, Rosas had blocked Gupta from, from potentially accepting a similar job with, a you know, a same title with better pay with Houston. And that was seen as, uh, you know, maybe petty. That's my word, not theirs, but the timing of it seemed weird. Now Gupta is actually going to take over. He's going to keep the same title, but basically take over the basketball ops department. At this point in time, it seems like there's not necessarily going to be another domino related to the coaching staff or the rest of the front office. Locked on today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, what do the Rams need to do to beat the Bucks? Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or dealership when you could go to rockauto.com a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you now here's what you need to be locked on today Golden State Warriors owner Joe Lacob was fined $50,000 for violating NBA's anti-tampering rules the league announced Wednesday. Lacob's fine came after he cast doubt during a recent interview with the San Francisco Chronicle that the Warriors would be interested in acquiring disgruntled Philadelphia 76ers star Ben Simmons saying, in some ways it really doesn't fit what we're doing. He makes a lot of money and can he finish games? I don't know. He's very talented. The problem is we have Draymond. Draymond and him are very similar in the sense that neither one really shoots and they do a lot of playmaking. That's one issue. The salary structure is another. The Buccaneers have placed wide receiver Antonio Brown on the reserve COVID-19 list, the team announced Wednesday. Brown has tested positive for the virus, and he is the third player, along with inside linebacker and special teams captain Kevin Minter and practice squad wide receiver Travis Johnson to be placed on the list this week. Brown, like every one of his teammates and all members of the Bucs coaching staff, is fully vaccinated and, per NFL rules, needs two negative tests 24 hours apart to return as long as he is asymptomatic. Players who are vaccinated are not subject to the mandatory 10-day quarantine as unvaccinated players. The Bucs play the Rams this week, both coming in at 2-0. Dalvin Cook racked up 148 all-purpose yards and a right ankle injury. That was classified as a little sprain. It sounds so cute. By Vikings coach Mike Zimmer late in Minnesota's 34-33 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Yet, despite Cook's injury, the Vikings still plan to use him as they normally would when they host the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday in their first game at U.S. Bank Stadium in 636 days. You know, at this stage, it's time to get some wins, Zimmer said. Dalvin's a tough guy. If he can't play, there's a reason why he's not playing, but he makes us go, so we're going to continue to play him. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for next at betonline.ag. Week two just wrapped up, and we've got your first look at week three lines. The Carolina Panthers will take their 2-0 record of the Houston Texans and the Fighting Davis Mills is... Fighting Davis Mills is... Mills. 
It doesn't matter. They're not going to win. The betonline.ag line for this game is Carolina giving seven. See, I told you. The New York Giants haven't won a game, but in week three, they are three-point favorites at home to the Atlanta Falcons. The Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers will put their perfect seasons on the line next week. The Rams are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home, according to Bet online for all your football gambling needs. BetOnline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 100% Locked On bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The Ravens are still flying high from getting past their nemesis Chiefs last week. Is this the week the Lions can take advantage? Hey everyone, Matt Derry from the Locked On Lions podcast. The Lions' biggest key to victory on Sunday against the Ravens at Ford Field. Pretty simple. The linebacker play must improve. You got Lamar Jackson coming to town, arguably the best running quarterback in the game and maybe one of the best of all time. The Lions will be spying on Jackson. They have to. And the linebacker play of Alex Anzalone and Jamie Collins, which was subpar Monday night in the loss to Green Bay, must get better if this team has a chance to win on Sunday. Look for Derek Barnes, the rookie, to get more snaps in this game coming up on Sunday. God bless Matt Derry. It's got to be. It's got to be tough. The Bills and the Washington football team are both one and one. What does Washington need to do to get a big win this week? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Chris Russell, co-host of Locked on Washington football team podcast, along with David Harrison. Five days a week, we're covering everything WFT. My key to victory week three in Buffalo against the Bills, actually in Orchard Park, New York is can the pass rush get home without having to blitz? And can they wrap up Josh Allen when they have a chance to either keep him in the pocket or if they're chasing him and not allowing him to extend and stretch plays to break down coverage? It's been a problem for defenses, quite honestly, so far. You saw it on Sunday on tape in Miami, part of a 35-0 shutout. Washington struggled against a mobile quarterback in Daniel Jones, but they were better on the pass rush. Now they have to shut down the Bills' run, they have to be better at getting home, and they have to control the edges to make sure Josh Allen doesn't break them down on keepers and read option and extensions of plays. They obviously need to be more disciplined than they have as a whole defense, but clearly it starts up front against a somewhat suspect offensive line for Buffalo. The Raiders, a surprise 2-0 team on the season, going against the Dolphins without Tua in Week 3. What are the keys for the Raiders to get to 3-0? I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast with your biggest key to victory for the Raiders Week 3 versus the Miami Dolphins. And I think it really boils down to don't turn the ball over. You've got to have really good ball security. The Miami Dolphins coming off a very tough loss to the Buffalo Bills. They don't have Tua Tagovailoa for the quarterback position. They're going to have Jacoby Brissett as the quarterback. So uh, if you're the Raiders defense, you're feeling pretty good that you have an opportunity to go in there and continue to do what you've done the first two weeks. And if you're the offense, you feel like you're in a good place. But that could all change quick, fast, and in a hurry. Defensively for Miami, Byron Jones on one side, Xavier and Howard on the other side. Of course, he's a big-time ball hawk. If Derek Carr gets a little loose at times with that ball, Xavier and Howard could take it the other way. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are going to be looking for turnovers, going to be looking for short fields. So I think for the Raiders to come away with the victory and be 3-0 on the young season, they have to keep a hold of the ball, keep control of the ball, and that's my biggest key to victory for the Raiders in Week 3. Coming up, has Andy Dalton started his last game in Chicago? 
Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And this week, there is a limited time flavor cookie dough chunk. Got a message about it today, in fact. Hey, what do you think of the cookie dough chunk? I have to be honest, I haven't tried the cookie dough chunk, but what I told this person was every limited time flavor that Built Bar has had, I have devoured. In fact, some of my favorite brands, my favorite flavors have been those limited time flavors. The the grasshopper cookie, the coconut brownie, they have all delivered in ways that I never imagined they could. They not only taste great, but they are good for you. High in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. So go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. It only took two weeks in Chicago, and Justin Fields is the starter for the Bears. Matt Nagy confirmed on Wednesday, but not quite the way that maybe some Bears fans wanted. Not because the coaching staff and the powers that be in Chicago decided he was the best option, but because Andy Dalton is dealing with a bone bruise. He is week to week. Joining me now from Locked on Bears, Lauren Cox. Okay, Lauren. Uh, on on a scale from one to ten, how big a win is this for for Bears fans? Let's just start there. I think Bears fans need to celebrate every win they can get. <laughs> this is one that they've been waiting for since draft day. We knew this moment was going to come sometime in Chicago, and right, even though the circumstances are, are not going to keep Bears fans, I think, from like celebrating and being happy and getting to really unleash Justin Fields because now the question marks will start to get answered a little bit on just how ready he is, just how good he can be right away, and maybe just how well he can keep Andy Dalton on the bench. So Matt Nagy has said over and over, and in fact made his PR people go out and tell the Chicago media, hey, by the way, uh, Andy Dalton is the starter when healthy, reiterated that on Wednesday. So what do the Bears need to see from Justin Fields in order for that to be rendered moot, in order for that to be like Justin Herbert last year? Yes, Tyrod Taylor is the starter. If he's healthy, well, okay, then Justin Herbert did what he did. Do we need to see that level from Justin Fields, do you think? I don't know if it quite has to be Justin Herbert. I think the bar is is literally just be better than Andy Dalton, which doesn't seem like a very high bar, but apparently in the eyes of the Bears, it has been that. You know, Dalton has been, consi- I mean, he's been Andy Dalton. He's been consistently Dalton, and that that carries a lot of good and a lot of bad with it in terms of limitations. But it's it's taking care of the football. It's delivering accurate on-time passes. And then if you can kind of hit that benchmark, we know Justin Fields can be more dynamic. You can add in the legs. You can add the downfield passing beyond that and some of those special throws that we saw at Ohio State. And I think the, the Bears don't necessarily need Fields to step in and be Justin Herbert right away. They're not going to put that kind of expectations on him. But if he can just like run the offense smoothly and keep everything flowing at the line of scrimmage and not turn the ball over and just kind of settle in a little bit, that that should be enough. But it, it you, we have this feeling like there's almost nothing that would be enough unless he absolutely goes off in, in a real like Justin Herbert way. I don't know if you know this, Lauren, but the Bears fans have already fitted him for the for the gold jacket. So. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the expectation, I think. So you you put this out there on Twitter that you asked, okay, will Andy Dalton ever take 
another snap for the Chicago Bears, at least in a meaningful moment, right? You know, fourth quarter, kneel down, maybe whatever. What do you think are the actual chances that Andy Dalton never sees the field again? This is this is the million dollar question, and it, it's so hard because Matt Nagy's words and honestly actions up to this point have all really actually legitimately stood by Andy Dalton. And with this bone bruise in the knee, week to week, if he's if he's back next week, say if if one game and he's ready to go, I think the Bears would put him back out there. I really even if Justin Fields. I don't know, beats the Browns in a big upset and has a strong performance. I really think the Bears would feel like Fields would benefit from then going back on the bench for a little while and kind of being able to reflect and see more from the sideline and and take it really slow. They do want to take it slow with Justin Fields. But if Fields goes for four, six, eight weeks and then Dalton's ready to go, at that point, I think the cat's going to be too far out of the bag. And finally, after jokingly telling Peyton and Eli Manning on their ESPN Monday Night Football megacast that he doesn't watch film, Bucks tight end Rob Gronkowski cleared the air Wednesday saying that, yes, he actually does watch film and that his job isn't as cushy as he made it out to be. Gronk said, I actually watch tons of film, an overload of film. Gronk blamed Bucks Vice President of Communications Nelson Luis saying, I told him it's not a good idea. They always get me in that type of silly atmosphere, and that's what happened, Gronkowski said jokingly. Now, Coach, threaten me. I don't get my vet day anymore. I would have believed it, if I'm being honest. I, he just seems like he's so big, strong, and, and gifted that yeah, he could just go out there. He could pull the Brett Favre and just be the guy who's running around, and he's just that good. That, that seems pretty believable with me. I think Gronk should have gone with the bit. I think he should have stuck with it. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Friday, will the Panthers get to 3-0 after facing a rookie QB making his first NFL start for Houston? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Stay locked on today.